Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is Adam Carricker on the ticket. Position right of the quarterback, out of the shotgun, first and 20. Jailbreak screen in the air. It is tipped. It is intercepted by Carricker at the Missouri 21-yard line. Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, eight-year NFL vet and All-American defensive lineman Adam Carricker. Shotgun snap to Everett. He's got the left arm going, and now he's got a whole lot of Adam Carricker who rips him down inside the 25-yard line. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com, here's your host, Adam Carricker. Welcome, everybody, to Adam Carricker on The Ticket. All right, be honest. How many of you are at work right now, and how many of you took the day off? Me and Jake, we're here grinding. I don't really consider this work. I get to watch sports and talk about them. How much better could my life be? All right. That day that is the national holiday known as the Super Bowl Sunday took place yesterday. The most missed day of work is taking place today. No judgment. No judgment. As long as you're tuning in, that's all that matters to me. I'm just going to be honest with you. All right. Now, let me shock you with this. Loaded show. Tony White, UCLA update, Super Bowl talk, Husker women's basketball takes down number two, Iowa. All sorts of thoughts. On all of the above, Kyle Vandenbosch, a guy I grew up watching, okay, is going to be joining me at 1230 today. If you've got nothing better to do, you can follow me on Twitter and Facebook. Also, check out the Character Chronicles YouTube page. Actually, just recorded an interview this morning with Keona Wilhite. Going to go out tomorrow on Tuesday, so check out the Character Chronicles YouTube page. Check out all, three, all things 93.7, the ticket. Check out their website, check out the YouTube page, check out the Twitter, check out the Facebook. Check it all out, ladies and gentlemen. All right, and as always, the people segment, the last 10 minutes of this show, call or text 402-464-5685. I should warn you, at some point, there's going to be a smidge of Taylor Swift talk. At some point, a smidge of Kate and Clark talk. But first, I'm just going to brag because I've already got my wife's Valentine's Day. This isn't an ad. I actually heard the ad as I was waiting to come on air, okay, about the Sutter Heyman Jewelers. Again, not an ad. They're not a sponsor of mine, but I'm going to tell you right now. I've heard nothing but great things, but I'm going to tell you right now. I was getting my wife's Christmas present, and while I was at it, I went ahead and got her Valentine's Day gift a couple of months ago. So I couldn't be happier. And if you are a husband or a boyfriend who has not yet done so and you're waiting till the wire, be jealous. It's okay. It's the one year I finally did it in advance, and I'm not that guy running somewhere last minute trying to get the perfect gift. All right. Real quick on the Super Bowl, but I'm going to circle back to it, okay? because I want to start out with Husker women's basketball, 
the biggest game of the day on Sunday, when the women's basketball team took down Iowa. That was the biggest game of the day yesterday, not that other football game. I want to get to that. Okay. Also, Tony White going to be staying here at Nebraska. We know his name. His name was at least in the conversation for that UCLA head coaching job for his alma mater. Right, UCLA, if you hadn't heard, has hired Deshaun Foster Okay, as their head coach. But we're going to get to that in a minute. I'm just going to give some real quick thoughts on the Super Bowl that I'll circle back at the end of this segment because I want to get to some of those other things first. The Kansas City Chiefs. Here's what I take away. I take away that college football is going to be more and more like the NFL every day. From the expanded playoffs to NIL, which is like paying an NFL player, to the transfer portal, which is free agency in the NFL. It's going to be so much like the NFL going forward, and it's only going to be more and more like it in the future. Okay, You look at the Chiefs. You look at the Patriots, because the Chiefs' model is very similar to the Patriots. You get a really good head coach. That guy drafts the right quarterback. And then you can do it various ways after that. The Patriots won with great defense early on under Tom Brady. The Chiefs just won yesterday with a great defense. Okay, There was at times this year they looked awful in the regular season. By the way, more teams in the college football playoff allow for more interest from more schools. It also devalues devalues many of the college football championship games, the conference title games. It devalues rivalry games at the end of the year. Much like the NFL, there's pros and cons. Some things are more interesting. Some things are less interesting. But the Chiefs won because they have the right head coach who drafted the right quarterback and with defense. Now, in the past, they had won with explosive playmakers on offense and not such a great defense. I don't know that Tom Brady ever had a plethora of great weapons. He had Randy Moss for a year and Gronkowski probably was his biggest long-term weapon. Hernandez for a little bit before all that stuff happened. Edelman, Welker came and went, had some really good careers, to be clear. But it's not like he had just a plethora of weapons year after year after year after year. They won with Belichick. Chiefs won with Reed. They won with Brady. Chiefs win with Mahomes. A lot of the Patriots teams, especially early on, won with defense. Yesterday they won with defense getting the right head coach, getting the right quarterback, and then getting pieces around him, which can be different type pieces from year to year. That's how you win championships in the Super Bowl, in the NFL, in the Super Bowl. It's been proven with multiple franchises over multiple years now. It's going to be very similar in college. The only difference is it's much easier for players and quarterbacks to come and go. So that's the unique thing about college football is the NFL, you're locked in for a duration of your contract. Okay, for the most part, college football, it's a little easier to come and go. Those are my quick thoughts on the Super Bowl. We'll come back to that a little bit later. But UCLA has a new head coach. Why do Nebraska fans care about that? We don't, except it means they're leaving our defensive coordinator alone. Right? UCLA has hired Deshaun Foster. He's in the, I grew up watching this guy as a running back. He's in the UCLA Hall of Fame. He's worked as an assistant coach there since 2017. As the running backs coach, he came in with Chip Kelly's initial staff. He was actually hired earlier this offseason as the Raiders running backs coach. He played seven years in the NFL, but now he is UCLA's head coach as well. So congratulations to him. I couldn't be happier to hear that he got the job because it meant 
Tony White didn't. And, and I want Tony White to do, to do great things, but it means he's still here at Nebraska going to do great things. So that was the big thing that I took away from that. All right, let's go to the actual biggest game from yesterday on Sunday. All right, Nebraska women's basketball upsets number two Iowa 82 to 79 after being down by 14 points at one point in the game. I do want to give a quick shout out to the men's basketball team. Okay, as they clobbered Michigan 79 to 59 earlier in the week, or I'm sorry, earlier in the weekend on Saturday. I, I, I could have swore at one point the score was 41 to 13. Uh, I can't remember if that's accurate, but it seems it seems to be correct. Uh, it was so. Congrats to them, moving closer to the NCAA tournament. Let's get back. Oh, and this is why another reason I brought that up. The men's basketball team is 15 and one at home, one and seven on the road. Just just crazy to me. But I want to get back to the women's game now. Caitlin Clark. All right, she's done something no women's basketball player has ever done: three thousand points. And a thousand assists. First, first woman to ever do that in women's college basketball. Did not break the scoring record on Sunday. Going to have to wait a little bit longer to do that. Kudos to the Huskers' defense on that. And here's something I thought was interesting. Caitlin Clark has never played an entire fourth quarter without scoring a single point before Iowa's lost to the Big Red. On Sunday, there's been some pretty cool things happen during basketball this year. I'm sure you're all aware from the men upsetting Purdue January 9th, number one in the nation. Then they upset number six, Wisconsin, February 1st. And then the ladies upset number two, Iowa, yesterday. Husker fans have had the opportunity to rightfully storm the court three times this offseason. By the way, I want to congratulate Caitlin on avoiding all fan contact. Okay, she was not taken out by any fans, so congratulations on completing that endeavor. All right, I thought that that was pretty important of note. Now, post-game. Well, let's go back to the game a little bit. The resiliency, the toughness, the mental toughness that the Husker women's basketball team showed when they were down, down by 14 points. That's a large margin, as we all know, against a team that's heavily favored. And really, if it's outside of Nebraska fans people were really just tuning in to see if Caitlin was going to break the record. And all of a sudden, here comes Nebraska. Now, you can argue they were trying to make it so Caitlin broke the record at home. Couldn't care less. The fact is, we had more points than them, so we won the game, and that's all that matters. Okay? Now, after the game, there was some shenanigans. <laughs> Iowa's head coach was not thrilled. So, the women were, were celebrating on the court. Okay? The ladies' basketball team. After a big win at home, rightfully so. So it took them a while to get off the court. They go to do the press conference. Iowa still hasn't come out of the locker room. They still haven't gone to do the press conference. Okay? So this is actually via Mitch Sherman. Okay? Actual full context, context is this. Nebraska players took an extended time off, time to get off the court because of the celebration. When they showed up for the press conference, Iowa still had not come out of the locker room. The Nebraska SID said when the Huskers started, that he would shuffle the order, remove Nebraska from the room if needed to get Iowa in. Then Iowa appeared. Iowa's coach Blutter threw a fit and never came back. As you may have heard the audio of her being rather irate in the background. Okay, She could be heard saying, and I quote, this is BS, end quote, although it wasn't 
BS, but you can figure out. I've got a flight to catch. This is not Big Ten protocol. That's actually the end of the quote. Worried about her flight, I guess, since it's a chartered flight and they wait for you. Um, but it was interesting because there was other things throughout the game, that after the game. And, and somebody tweeted me, see if I can find this. I need a this is not Big Ten protocol shirt sent to me immediately, Adam. I thought that that was pretty funny. That would be a good shirt that somebody should make. And then I wanted to mention this tweet from Jazz Shelley on air because she made a, a hand gesture during the game. I think some people took it the wrong way, so she wanted to clear the air. She said, just to clear the air, this was not, not a gesture at Caitlin or Iowa. I have the utmost respect for that program. This is how we signal our face guard defense. So if there's any questions about that, that's been cleared up by Jazz herself. The postgame shenanigans afterwards, you know, how long did they take to come out of the locker room? If Nebraska still got to the press conference before you, and then, I mean, sometimes you just got to have some awareness. I'm yelling. I'm screaming. Other people in the world might be able to hear me. There might be a microphone near the room with the press conference in it. Maybe I should think about that before I start screaming and swearing and complaining about music when I don't like it at certain times in the game, et cetera, et cetera. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Superlight Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Superlight Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Oh man, I just got sent a funny, funny text. I, I tend to get a lot of text during the show, so I enjoy that. I'm just going to read it. Caitlin Clark must have eaten some bad corn before the game. Hashtag Iowa has bad corn. That is from a buddy of mine. But anyways, I digress. Shout out to the Husker women's basketball team. They played a great game. Immensely enjoyed watching it. All right. Let's talk a little bit of Super Bowl. A little bit of NFL football, shall we? Now, I saw, I saw some tweets throughout the year, but after the game, but how the NFL is scripted is basically just like WWE. Anytime I see that from people who played in the NFL, especially for an extended period of time, I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion. But I remember going through two-a-days back when you could do those. I remember feeling like it was so hot and so humid that the dogs couldn't be outside. They came out and said on the radio, and I've shared this before on this show, we, that same afternoon, we went and had a live scrimmage in full pads. Like, nobody told me it was scripted. Nobody told me while I was running somebody over that it was scripted. And nobody told me, you know, during my 20 years, I may have got ran over a playing football. I may have got ran over a time or two. I'm not ashamed to admit that it was real. It was not predetermined that I was going to run over somebody or they were going to run over me. or I don't remember any of that. And as hard as the NFL is, when I... When I was, 
I ended. I had four surgeries within four months at one point, and the doctor prescribed Vicodin. For every time I had a new surgery, they would prescribe more Vicodin. I eventually inadvertently got hooked on Vicodin, and I didn't realize it until I came off of it, and I was shaking, like literally shaking. I'm like, I think I'm having withdrawals from the Vicodin. And nobody told me it was scripted. When I was getting shots and I couldn't even cut my meat throughout the week because my shoulder was all beat up and it needed surgery, but I needed to play on Sunday and I was getting shots and taking Vicodin or whatever to go play. Nobody told me it was scripted. So I, I find that, especially when former tenured NFL players put out stuff like that, it loses credibility with me. It just comes across like I want clicks on this and that's just my take I could be completely and utterly wrong I don't know what they're thinking when they put that out I just don't buy into the scripted thing for several reasons which I've already mentioned all right the Super Bowl Harrison I mean, this was if you're a kicker this was like maybe the greatest Super Bowl ever other than the missed extra point but Harrison Bucker makes the longest Super Bowl kick in NFL history 57 yards not long after Moody, the 49ers kicker, made the then longest kick in Super Bowl history of 55 yards. We had three of the seven longest kicks ever in Super Bowl history. There had been seven made of over 50 yards. Three of them were Sunday. Okay. Man, if you were a kicker, that was a great game. Now, admittedly, the first three quarters, if you're a casual fan, were not the most exciting quarters ever. The fourth quarter, overtime, especially when the defenses were tired, quite entertaining. Very entertaining, I thought. And the new overtime rules for the playoffs, much better. Now, in theory, when they said you could start a new game, they meant a new game. Like, the, the, the game wasn't ending at the end of that overtime. It was just going to roll into the next quarter. Now, the game ended because Mahomes threw the touchdown pass and ended the game with the touchdown. Brock Purdy, man, this is a guy, I had so many question marks about him coming into the game. This is a guy who played really well throughout the year, who had struggled against tough opponents, who had struggled in the Niners' losses, and who hadn't looked phenomenal in their first two playoff games. This is a guy that I admire and I respect because I love the underdog story. Okay, I thought he looked poised, and I, th I thought the Chiefs made great adjustments on defense throughout the game. The first two drives, I was like, oh my God, the 49ers look way better than the Chiefs. I, they're going to run them out of the building. And then they fumble on the first drive. Drive right down the field, and then they fumble. Chiefs recover. The next drive, the Niners are moving the ball. But then they had major penalties. Basically ended both their first two drives. None of that stuff had anything to do with Purdy. He looked really good. He looked poised. He looked good. Throughout the game, the Chiefs made adjustments. They are a really good defense. And they've looked like the best defense of any team throughout this entire playoffs. So kudos to Purdy for coming out poised, ready to go. It's tough when you're facing the best in the world on the other side, Patrick Mahomes. And then kudos to Steve Spagnola, the Chiefs coaching staff, offensively, defensively for making adjustments. And they are lucky. The 49ers got no points those first two drives. The 49ers were up 10 to nothing at one point. It could have easily been 13 to nothing, 16 to nothing, 24 to nothing, depending on if those drives end up in field goals or touchdowns. Hey, when someone gives you an opportunity, don't complain. Take advantage. That's what the Chiefs did. All right. When you look at some of these stats, you look at Purdy, 23 of 38, 255 yards, one, one TD. 
a quarterback rating of 89.3. Look at Mahomes. 34, 46, 333 yards, two touchdowns, one INT. His first INT. And what was it, over 200 playoff passes? A rating of 99.3. Now, Patrick Mahomes actually led the Chiefs in rushing with nine carries for 66 yards, average 7.3 yards per rush. Isaiah Pacheco, that dude's a beast at running back. He had a little bit of a rough day. The fumble, I mean, he really should have caught it on the pitch to start the second half. He runs hard, though. I love that dude. The Niners got the ball to Christian McCaffrey 22 times. He averaged 3.6 yards to carry. I don't think that's enough. He's the NFL Offensive Player of the Year. This is a Super Bowl. I think you got to get it to him more. In the first half of the game, they controlled the line of the scrimmage, and they didn't get the ball to him enough. And then they started the second half with, what, six, seven straight passes. I think they should have gotten the ball to Christian McCaffrey a little bit, or a lot of bit more often than they did, honestly. You look at Mahomes, his third Super Bowl title, third Super Bowl MVP. Can they get three in a row? My son Jacob is funny. He looks at me, and he goes, the Chiefs weren't even that good this year, Dad. If, they, if somebody can't beat them this year, how are they going to beat them next year when they're probably going to be a little better? Because he was with me. During the regular season, I didn't declare this team dead, but I was like, man, they look bad. They look bad. Travis Kelsey looks old. This team looks bad. All of a sudden in the playoffs, Travis Kelsey looked like the best tight end on planet Earth, which he still might be. Patrick Mahomes did his thing. He had struggled throughout the season. Didn't even have a 2-to-1 touchdown to INT ratio, which, which is like the bare minimum for being a good quarterback, let alone the best on planet Earth. He looked like Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey looked like the best tight end on, on planet Earth. And the Chiefs defense went from being good in the regular season to the best in the NFL throughout the playoffs. And so it was interesting... At the beginning of the playoffs, I, I picked the Chiefs to win in my, in my NFL pick them simply because I had the last pick. Like you go, the first person goes, second person, third person, fourth person, fifth person, sixth person. I had the seventh pick, which means I then had the eighth pick because the first person who had the first pick has the 14th pick because there's 14 teams. So I had picked seven and eight, and I was like, oh, God, I don't want any of these teams, but I'll take – the Chiefs because they've got Mahomes and Reed you never know and I'll take the Lions just because I like Dan Campbell and that was it I took those two teams for that reason otherwise it's like the Dolphins and the Packers who actually got into the second round and made it very interesting versus the Niners that's the only reason I picked the Chiefs had you given me the number one overall pick in our NFL pick and pool I would have picked the Ravens and then I probably would have picked the Niners second and I probably would have picked the Chiefs about seventh or eighth but it was funny every time a playoff game came up I was like, I think they're going to beat the Dolphins. I think they're going to beat the Bills. I did predict they'd lose versus the Ravens. And then by the time the Super Bowl had rolled around, I'm like, the Chiefs look way better throughout the playoffs than the 49ers did, even though the 49ers, I firmly believe, have the better roster. Pure roster-wise, I think the Eagles and the 49ers have the two best rosters in the NFL. But I picked the Chiefs, like I said on this program last week, because they have the best player at the most important position, Patrick Mahomes quarterback, they have the best defensive coordinator in the NFL today, if not recent history in Steve Spagnola. They have a really good defense, and they have Andy Reid, who is coaching in his, what, fifth Super Bowl, sixth Super Bowl, who has been to 11 conference title games. And that's why I went with them, even though I thought the 49ers were top to bottom the better roster. And I'll be honest, early on, I was like, God, I was way wrong. The 49ers look way better. If they just quit handing the ball to the Chiefs, they're going to win. 
Well, by the time they stopped handing it to the Chiefs, the Chiefs made adjustments. They ended up getting wins. Ended up getting the win. I'm sorry. All right. We've got a couple minutes. We'll go to break. Bring on Kyle Vandenbosch. Now, a couple of muy importanto takeaways from the Super Bowl. I counted 13 Taylor Swift shots, and that was before the Chiefs were on the podium. Then I counted about 1,000 more. Actually, I didn't watch once they went to the podium, but I saw some of the clips online. So if you're a big Taylor Swift fan, you had a big day. Very, very happy. All right. Now, this is the Kansas City Chiefs, third Super Bowl in five years, the first back-to-back Super Bowl champions in 20 years. Now, had the Niners won, had they won, it would have been their sixth Super Bowl franchise in history. First in 29 years, which would have tied them with the most in the entire NFL with the Steelers and Patriots. Would have been the most all-time. Obviously, it didn't happen. Maybe next year. Okay. Now, one final thought before we go to break. And I'm going to go back to UCLA. Because Chip Kelly left the head coaching job at UCLA to become the offensive coordinator at another Big Ten school. Ohio State. Now, Bill O'Brien had a half a donut and half a cup of coffee as the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. He's now the head coach at Boston College. I'm telling you, we're going to see more head coaches if college football does not change and make things make sense and make it so it's not such insanity for coaches' lives, having to recruit your roster, other rosters, having to recruit high school kids. Being a, a, a head college football coach right now is insane. You think it's any coincidence that Saban had a lot of tread on the tires before the season then retires? Chip Kelly wants less responsibility. He doesn't want to be the head coach anymore. You could argue Ohio State's a step up, but a head coach at UCLA, that's a pretty good gig. California recruiting, Big Ten Conference, they need to make the college football offseason schedule make a whole lot more sense, or there's going to be a whole lot more head coaches that say, uh uh-uh. I know. Not really the topic of today. It just blew me away. We've got college head coaches going to the NFL to be coordinators. Okay. I kind of, I don't, I kind of get it somewhat. I don't understand a college head coach going to another school within his conference, whether you think Ohio State's a step up from UCLA or not, to going from head coach to a coordinator position. I'm telling you, you're going to see more things like this if they don't figure out the college football offseason. All right, I'll stop beating that dead horse. No, I won't. I'll hit it again at some point this offseason, but I'll stop for now for at least the next few minutes. Don't go anywhere after this break. Kyle Vandenbosch, one of the greatest rush-ins at the University of Nebraska ever, will be joining me here on Adam Kirker on the Ticket.